You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson. Today's reading will be from Ezekiel chapter 34. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You should eat the curds, clothe yourself with the wool, and slaughter the choice of animals. But you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays, or searched for the lost. You have not ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because they, there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock, therefore you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock at so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays, I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David 
will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest of safe, in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety, and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops, and they will no longer be victims of famine in the land or bear the scorn of the nations. Then they will know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, the Israelites, are my people, declares the Sovereign Lord. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Sovereign Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Well, a big event in local news this week, something that uh, people have been waiting for for decades. The extension of the Diamond Creek Trail out to Hurstbridge opens. As I said, it's been decades in planning and waiting. Although not everyone's waiting. <laughs> uh, here's a photo that I took last Wednesday uh, at the Hurstbridge end, uh, and this is this is typical, right? No sooner do these fences go up than someone breaks the chains or bends the bars so that they can start using the trail before it's officially opened. Uh, my wife Anna was chatting to a guy this week who was saying that he'd been walking the trail every day, and Anna said, oh, it'll be great once it's open, won't it? No, that'll be terrible because then all these people will be using it and it'll be really busy. She had to do a double take on that one. Uh, here's this guy who seemed to think that somehow this trail had been built for his own private use and it'd be really annoying once it was open to the general public and everyone could start using it. There's a certain degree of sort of selfishness going on there and, and people's lack of patience not being able to wait to the official opening. Uh, and the workers who've been working on the trail keep putting up signs, things like, Thank you to the people who keep breaking our gates while we try and make this trail safe for everyone to use. I guess if we examine our own lives, there's different degrees of selfishness in different areas of our life. It's just more stark and stunning uh, when we see it in other people in areas that we quite can't quite understand. Well, in this passage uh, that we're looking at from Ezekiel 34, there's a, a challenge to this idea of self-interest and putting ourselves ahead of others. Uh, people who use power that they have for their own benefit while neglecting or even exploiting other people. We're continuing in the series that we're looking at called The Good Shepherd, where we're tracing this, this biblical theme of the shepherd, the good shepherd, from Psalm 23 into the New Testament. So in the first week of our series, we heard the, the theme song, if you like, from Psalm 23, that God is a good shepherd, that he provides our needs, he brings us back when we go the wrong way and directs us on the right paths, that he's with us in the dark valleys, he honours us when people shame us, and he is with us to give us the fullness of life today and every day. And then last week we looked at Jeremiah 23 where this theme song is picked up but it goes off tune. Uh, 
where the leaders of Israel who have been appointed as shepherds over Israel under God the shepherd fail in their leadership. Uh, and they're, they're not good shepherds for the people. And then in Ezekiel 34, the reading that we've just had, again, this shepherd song is picked up, but again, it's off tune. The failures of the shepherds, the human shepherds, the kings has been so great that the sheep have been scattered. Quite literally, they've been scattered. So the nation of Babylon has attacked the nation of Israel. They've destroyed the city of Jerusalem, they've destroyed the temple, and they've carted the people off to Babylon as exiles, scattering the sheep across the earth. And Ezekiel himself is one of the scattered sheep. He's writing his book, his list, his prophecy from uh, the nation of Babylon. He's there amongst them. And so in this situation, what's God got to say? What's God going to do about it? I'd love you to grab your Bibles as we look at this passage together. So at the start of the passage in verses 1 and 2, Ezekiel joins with Jeremiah in critiquing the leaders of Israel. Verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves, should not shepherds take care of the flock? So the kings of Israel are criticised for their selfishness, right? They only take care of themselves and they're not taking care of the flock, the people. But it's even worse than that. Not only have they been selfish, but they've even exploited the sheep for their own gain, verse 3. You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. So they've got all the benefits and none of the responsibility. Right? They, they take from the sheep. They uh, take their milk for curds, their, their, their wool for clothing. Uh, they even kill off the choice animals so that they can have meat. But they don't actually care for the sheep, the people. It speaks of the corruption that had taken place amongst the monarchy and the wealthy and the leaders within that nation at the expense of the people themselves. And the rule of these kings is marked by indifference and neglect. Uh, words like, you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You haven't brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So what we have here is a failure of leadership, that selfishness has replaced service and that power has been used to exploit the flock rather than to tend the flock as their role entailed. Now, why does this matter? Why does the failure of leadership, the failure of shepherding matter so much to God? And the answer is because the sheep belong to God. It's God's flock. Uh, that expression, my sheep or my flock, comes up five times in verses 7 to 10. My sheep lacks a shepherd. My shepherds didn't search for my flock, but cared for themselves more than my flock. 
I am against the shepherd and I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep matter to God and the human shepherds have failed. Uh, As a result, God is going to sack the shepherds. He's going to end the monarchy, end the line of kings. Because of their selfishness, because of their exploitation and because of their neglect, they will be removed. That It'll be an end to the line of kings. God's sheep are precious to him. He's a good shepherd and the failure of these shepherds matters. It's heinous to God. Now, so precious are the sheep to God and so poorly have they been looked after and shepherded by the kings of Israel that God says, I myself am going to step in and I am going to be a shepherd for my sheep. This is what we read in verse 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. There's two parts in that verse if you look at it. Firstly, God says that he himself will search for the sheep. That is, he's going to go and look for them, find them, and he's going to bring them back. And it's filled out in detail in the verses that follow. He'll he'll rescue them. He'll bring them out of the nations and gather them from the countries. He'll bring them into their own land. He'll search for the lost and he'll bring back the strays. Um, These people who have been exiled, these sheep that have been scattered, God's going to gather them in and and bring them home, which eventually does happen as the people are able to return from exile back to their homeland after a period of time. But secondly, God says he'll not only bring them back, but he'll also look after them, ensuring that they're well provided for. Uh, And maybe as this reading was taking place, you heard echoes, uh, or if you like it, you heard notes from Psalm 23, the theme song, where God talks about tending them in good pasture, uh, that they would lie down in good grazing land. Not only will God restore them, but he actually wants to bring a life of peace and blessing to them. It's a powerful image here of God's personal intervention for his sheep. Even though the shepherds have failed, God himself will intervene personally and directly to make sure that the sheep are looked after. Though verse 16 finishes with a warning. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. God is a God of justice. He will do the right thing, which means that those who have mistreated others, uh, sorry, those who have been mistreated and those who have been uh, neglected, will be cared for by God. But it also means that those who have done the mistreating, who have been exploiters and abusers, are going to be held to account by God. Now, we like to speak of God as a loving shepherd, and he is. But he's not a weak and sentimental shepherd. He's both loving and he's also just. He hates evil, he hates injustice, he hates exploitation and corruption. And in actual fact, God wouldn't be truly loving if he allowed those things to take place without any consequences at all. Uh, Now, we can be okay with that when God's 
justice is directed at other people, uh, like at leaders who have failed or have abused their power. But what about when God's justice is directed to us, which is where the passage goes next? This is what verse 17 says. As for you, my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will judge between one sheep and another and between rams and goats. So God's pointed the finger firmly at the shepherds, uh, the leaders within Israel. And you can just imagine the people gathered around Ezekiel going, yeah, those ratbag leaders, they've failed us, they've done a terrible job, you get them, God. And then God directs his attention to the sheep, <laughs> the people themselves. And God says, I'm going to judge within the flock as well. This is not just a leadership problem. This is also a people problem. Listen to his indictment against the people of Judah. Is it not enough for you to feed on good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of the pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you've muddied with your feet? Uh, the people have been selfish as well. So they've taken what they need. They've got, okay, as long as I've got my food, it doesn't matter if I trample on food so that other people can't get it. It doesn't matter as long as I get a drink if the water is then muddied and destroyed for others. Again, this is an issue of justice. Some people, uh, the, the fat sheep or the strong sheep in Ezekiel's analogy, have got their fair share and more than their fair share, and they've neglected and ignored other sheep, the weak sheep. Uh, their share has been wasted and it's been destroyed. Now, how do you think a God of love and justice thinks about that? particularly when we know in the Bible that God has a particular interest in the poor, in the marginalised and in the weak. As God directs his attention to the people and the way that they have been indifferent and exploitative of those around them, I fear that there is also a challenge for us that we need to listen to, which is directed at us as well. Uh, if you think about how affluent we are as a society, particularly in global terms, it's likely that we would be defined as the strong sheep, maybe even the fat sheep on a global scale. And so the question to us is, are we guilty of exploiting and taking advantage of weaker sheep and being indifferent to their plight? Uh, here's some questions that we might ask ourselves. Uh, as long as we've got enough food, uh, do we ignore the fact that we might be wasting food and overbuying what we don't need at the expense of others who don't have enough? Uh, as long as we're clothed, do, are we indifferent to where our clothing choices come from um, and possibly exploiting and underpaying workers that we don't see as long as our clothes are provided. Uh, 
Are the choices that we make as consumers having a negative impact on the environment? With the, the flow-on effect that poorer nations are impacted through global warming. Uh, and future generations are impacted such that their pastures are being trampled and the waters are being muddied, to pick up Ezekiel's analogy. Are we concerned to be generous and to give to those in need, using the resources that we have, the wealth that we have to share with others, and using the influence and the power that we have to advocate on behalf of the weak and the vulnerable. I think there's some real resonances here in what Ezekiel criticises that were happening back in Judah with what we might be involved in even today. There's two steps, I think, to addressing this. Firstly, there is the step of awareness. You know, are there areas in our life, when we examine it, where we are strong, but we're benefiting at the expense of the weak? I mean, do we actually stop to think where things come from into our households? Uh, do we research the food we buy, the clothing we wear, the electronics that we use? Now, and a way that we can grow our awareness is, is using guides, things like a Baptist AIDS ethical fashion guide, or there's another one which you can get as an app called Good On You, uh, both of which give ratings, this is in the area of clothing, to different brands. Uh, for example, the Good On You app rates them on their impact to the planet, their impact on people, and their impact on animals. And you can actually put in the brands that you're buying or you're thinking of buying and see how they are rated and what's going on by those who research what's happening behind the scenes. So it's actually awareness, knowing and thinking about what we're doing. But then the second step is action. What practical steps are needed to waste less and to ensure that the purchases that we're making are just. Right? It's one thing to know the information, but then there's action that needs to follow. Recognising the fact that if you're going to take action, if you're going to do something about it, it's going to cost you more and sometimes a lot more. Right? Ethical living, just living, is more expensive than indifferent living. It's more expensive because you make the choice to bear the cost that you were previously obtaining at the expense of someone else. They were bearing that cost. The, the weak and the vulnerable were bearing that cost for you. So it makes sense that it's going to cost you more as you adopt that cost and take it on yourself. But God is a God of justice. He cares about what is right and fair. And he says that he will judge his sheep. God's a loving shepherd, but he's not a sentimental shepherd. He couples his love with justice and the choices that we make matter. The, the way we treat other people, even people that we can't see, matters. We might also uh, apply this challenge to the flock to our church situation as well. I've been focusing on, on the physical, you know, food and clothing and those sorts of things, but there's probably a spiritual application we can make out of this passage as well. 
God supplies both our physical needs and our spiritual needs. So uh, as followers of Jesus, uh, we want to be fed spiritually. We want to hear God's word uh, read and taught and explained to us and applied in our life and think about how we put it into practice. We want to be encouraged in our faith with uplifting uh, worship. But are we also looking to the interests of others and making sure that they receive these spiritual benefits and this spiritual feeding that we are receiving as well. The same sort of consumer mentality that can impact our buying choices can also find its way into the church and can affect the way that we do things in the church. So here's some questions in this realm that are in order as well, I think. Uh, when we come to church or whether we, when we engage uh, with the digital service at church, are we thinking about how we can serve other people as well as being receiving things as well? When we're hearing God's word taught to us, are we thinking to ourselves, how can I use this to serve another person? How can I share what I'm learning? Maybe with a fellow follower of Jesus who's struggling and I can actually share what I've been learning, what I've heard to encourage them. Or sharing what I've learnt with someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus, an, an inquiring friend, where you can say, this would be a great thing to talk to them about, a biblical truth that might draw them closer to Jesus. Am I thinking through the week, what are the opportunities that I can take in order to care for someone else in need? Is there someone that I can, I can pick up the phone straight after this digital service and, and call them or message them or maybe drop in to see them? Um, how can I play my part in the flock to care for others and particularly for those who are doing it tough or are weaker at the moment? There's roles and responsibilities within the flock. There are uh, shepherds, there are leaders who are put in different positions within a church community. But all of us have a role in shepherding each other and, and being part of the flock and looking out for the needs of each other. Uh, we talk about mutual care in our church as we all seek to look out for each other. Are we making sure that everyone is well fed and well cared for and not just making sure that we have what we need. Well, there's lots of challenges here. And we might ask the question, okay, why does this matter? Why should we be motivated to do it? Well, remember again, God cares about the flock. Uh, God says, it is my flock, right? He takes a personal interest in the sheep. Uh, and as we've seen, God is both a loving shepherd and a just shepherd. So how we treat each other matters. Looking to the interests of others and not just our own interest is important. Uh, God is concerned with justice and with fairness. And down in verse 23 of our passage, he states again his intention that the sheep will be well looked after. He says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. There's a promise here from God 
that a king will come. The line of kings uh, will have ended uh, because of the failure of the shepherds, but God isn't done yet. He's going to send my servant David. He's going to send uh, a king and a leader like David, a king and a leader in the line of David, a descendant from David. He's going to send another shepherd, a good shepherd, who will tend the sheep. From next week in our series, we're going to see Jesus step onto the stage and start singing the theme song with the words, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In Jesus, we have the model of the one that we should follow. We have a shepherd who comes not to be served, but to serve. We have a leader who uses the power that he has for the good of others rather than seeking to exploit others or for personal gain. And this good shepherd ushers in the good future that God promises here at the end of Ezekiel 34. He brings peace, verse 25. He showers blessing on people, verse 25. He brings freedom and security, verse 27. He drives away fear, verse 28. And most importantly, he brings God's own presence to be with his people, verse 30. Then they will know that I, the Lord, their God, am with them. So here too is our motivation to act with justice, even when it costs us. To care for those in need, to share what we have with others, and to be committed to seeking out and searching for the lost. It's because this is the way of the Good Shepherd. This is the way that Jesus does things. And this is the new future that the Good Shepherd brings into reality. Uh, and so we live this way and this future now. We seek to serve like Jesus served. We seek to bring blessing to other people because we have been blessed by Jesus. Uh, we seek to show others and help others to experience the fullness of life that Jesus has offered us rather than just telling them about it. And as we live out this reality, expressed in the climactic last verse of our passage, uh, verse 31. People will experience this. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. The sheep matter to Jesus. People matter to Jesus. Uh, we belong to him. And as we follow Jesus, the good shepherd, we seek to love the sheep the way that he loves the sheep. We seek to look not only to our own interests, but the interests of others as well. And we seek to serve others rather than just being served, using the power, the influence, 
the resources and the opportunities that we have for the good of others rather than just for our own gain. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.